Welcome to this week's episode of the Get to the Contest Small Business Podcast. So I'm your host, Warwick Jackson, and today I want to talk to you about uh, something that's often overlooked from small business owners when we're looking at uh, critical business risk, and that is uh, reliance on suppliers. So when I say suppliers, today I'm going to take a, a fairly broad definition. I'm not just talking about suppliers of products, uh, but also suppliers of services, even suppliers of referrals, supply, uh, suppliers of software you might need for your business. Um, anything uh, that your business is really dependent on that you use in your business um, and asking people to really challenge their assumption that those things will just continue to be made available to them. So um, so when I talk about business risk, reliance on customers, that's an easy one. People get that, you know. So, you know, if you're turning over a million bucks and 95% of that's just coming from one customer, people understand, well, you know, without that one customer, they probably don't really have a business left. So people get that. And they understand that, you know, you don't want all your eggs in one basket from a, from a customer's perspective. Um, you want to have multiple customers. But what's often overlooked is the, the supplier side of the equation. Uh, there's an expectation that, look, just because we're the customer or, or we're paying someone, that that arrangement will continue forever. Um, because, yeah, well, we're the customer. Of course, they will deal with us. And we're the customer. We're always right, which, look, doesn't always happen. Um so look, I just want to talk about through a few scenarios that, that, that could happen or do happen in business and a few examples. And, and it's probably just something for, for small business owners to think about and how they might affect, you know, their particular business. So option one is probably the, the simplest, easiest one. So what happens if your supplier goes broke? Um, so say you're dependent on a product from a supplier um, and they're your, your sole provider of that product. And they go broke, um, you know, you're left with nothing to sell and, and you could be stuck. And if your business is entirely dependent, you know, you, you don't have a business left. So don't assume that, that a supplier can't go broke. Um, even, uh, you know, businesses of, of, of quite large sizes can go under. You just have to look at, say, building and construction industries to see that. So that that in itself is, is one area where people foresee that as being possible. So what do you do about it? Again, eggs in one basket, say sourcing multiple suppliers. Also, larger corporations do this, but it may be worth, you know, small business owners doing it too. So if you're going to enter an arrangement where you're going to be using a supplier for a particular product or service um, and your business is heavily dependent on that, well, we'll do a financial health check on the supplier if you can before you agree to take them on because if they fold and it's going to impact your business, um, you know, then you're you're obviously adversely affected. So, um, if you have that sort of leverage, then then do so. Now, that that's something that you know, like say, if you're dealing with Telstra or you know, they they will only deal with sort of tier one sort of suppliers so that they don't get mucked around. Um, but uh, again, make sure that you're not dealing with someone that that could go under. So there are steps you can take there. Uh, another example. Say your supplier's taken over. So you could have a great relationship with a supplier and they have a corporate takeover. Uh, and it could be perhaps a strategic takeover by a competitor of yours uh, who's doing some sort of uh, vertical integration that aims to not only take over that business, but also take over that business with the aim of shutting you out. So you're left with nothing if, if they are your sole provider. Again, what do we do about it? Well, 
you know, ideally you don't have all your eggs in one basket, but if you do and you're heavily reliant on that business, well, get contracts in place. If you, if you need a particular uh, product or service, then get a contract in place. Don't just assume that this will go on in perpetuity. Next example, and this one uh, I think people underestimate, have a look at your your suppliers and, and do you have a relationship with a supplying business or do you just have a relationship with an individual at that supplier? You might find that your whole relationship was with the person and not the organisation. And one change in personnel might mean that whatever arrangements you previously had in place could cease um, or, or, or certainly cause things to become come unstuck. Example of that might be if you're dealing with an overseas supplier, say, for example, you're getting some stock produced in China and you've got an intermediary that's making all this, this happen for you. Um, if they suddenly go, you're left with nothing. You may not actually have the contacts or the ability to communicate directly with the factory you're getting from. Um, and if, if, you know, there's no handover with, you know, if, if they've been, if they've left or if they've been made redundant or fired, well, you know, you, you could be left with nothing. Um, what do we do about it? Well, again, document systems and relationships insist on having multiple contacts within that organisation so that you've got, uh, you know, always a, a, a backup plan uh, if you need to contact someone. Another example, which uh, does happen, look, what if a, re a supplier just retires? Uh, you might be in an industry where you have an awesome arrangement with a supplier who performs some of your critical tasks for your business. And if that's a highly skilled role that's in short supply, a retirement might disrupt that process. You know, I've got clients that might use um, you know, my uh, architects in their building business and they're, they, they, they're reliant on, on, on that architect. Uh, and if they pulled the pin, that have no one. So again, um, I would I would have uh, multiple relationships if you can, and insist on having contracts in place, um, and and most importantly, just having an open dialogue. Um, now, the same would apply or similar to that if you've got a steady stream of referrals coming from from one area uh, or one person, um, and you have a great relationship with them, and they're just feeding you the work. Um, they, they are a supplier of your customers, if you like. Um, and look, if, if they could be in an associated industry just feeding you the work and you become so reliant on them, then if they just get up and stop or something happens with that relationship, then, you know, the work stops and, and, and you might find yourself in a situation where you, you, you just, you've become over-dependent on that, that person. So um, just be aware of that. Um, look, another one... Another example here is look, changes in supplier circumstances. So this, in this example, look, that might be maybe through things that are throughout of your control, uh, outside of your control, and a situation might arise where a supplier can just make far more money selling their limited supply of goods and services to another customer. Look, classic example of this might be if you're buying product from China, uh, uh, and there's an exchange rate movement in the market, um, perhaps between the, the Chinese currency and the US dollar, and it now becomes far more profitable for your Chinese supplier to sell to your uh, United States customer because they can make far better margins, you might be left where you they just cut you off and you're left without a product to sell. So just be aware of this again, lock it in with a contract. 
Um, similarly, you know, if I go back, uh, it seems like another lifetime ago, and I was fresh out of uni, and I was playing indoor cricket down at the local indoor centre, and I had a, a, used to know the owners and a really friendly relationship down there. Um, and the owner of that business was on, he was renting that facility. It's a big warehouse with the, the cricket pitches laid down in there and the netting. And they had been uh, there for a number of years and his lease had expired. But he'd, he'd just been on month to month because it had never been an issue. And he was just paying month to month. And um, next thing you know, the next door, the business that was adjacent to them, which was a trucking business that had a, also a big warehouse, they needed more space. They rang up the landlord, said, what's what's the uh, cricket centre paying? We'll pay double and sign a long-term lease. Um, the indoor cricket business was out of business within the month. Um, you know, they served out, their, the, the landlord gave them one month to vacate. There was no equivalent facility available. And even if there was uh, refitting, the new a new facility would have been cost prohibitive because, you know, you can't easily move an indoor cricket pitch and, and netting and everything. Um, so that was an example where... Um, something that was absolutely critical for someone's business um, was not contractually locked up. So yeah, that's where someone just had the rug pulled on under them because they didn't have these key risk factors addressed. Uh, look, another risk uh, area to be aware of um, in terms of suppliers is, look, are your suppliers going to be exposed to, you know, change in political climate? So, you know, in the as an example, you might have um, you could be the Australian government and have a, a an arrangement in place for a vaccine, but you're you're being disrupted by you know the European Union and the political pressures that that's uh, bringing on. Now this is high level stuff that's it's probably less relevant for for SMEs to think. Well, how can I control what the EU or the Australian government does? But at least I, I, I just raise it as something that we should all be aware of. And, and, you know, factor in if your business is entirely dependent on on something like that, that, that could be in, interrupted by political pressure, but at least be aware of it and assess that risk. Um, you know, uh, probably we, many of us would have colleagues in the U United Kingdom um, and I know uh, business owners over there that have previously made general assumptions around getting um, supplies in from, from Europe. Uh, off the back of Brexit, things have now changed. So it's, it's not something that's so far out of this world um so always if you can have that backup solution um supply of finance now here's a, a here's a big one so if your main financier stops financing you perhaps due to a change of policy um you know and you can no longer have your facility uh, are you instantly cooked as a business so if 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 all of a sudden you're just used to rolling over overdraft or overdraft or from facility to facility and then they, you get notice and say, well, look, it's going to be gone in three months. Do you have the resources to 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 fund the business yourself? So now you might think this is unlikely, but it, it does happen. Uh, again, what do you do about it? Step one, as an accountant, I'm always going to tell people, have your figures up to date so you can be agile, have multiple um have good relationships with your accountant and financiers so that you've got more than one lender available at call. Um, this is particularly relevant. Uh, you look at the, you know, say the mining industry or some of the industries that maybe are now being um, branded as, as not great for society. Um, you know, some of the big four banks are just refusing to deal with, with, with 
with, say, some mining companies that are going to deliver a product with a bad carbon footprint um, just because of the negative PR and, and the associated uh, um, uh, issues that the bank would face with that. So, you know, you want to make sure if you're, you're reliant on finance that you've got a strong finance arrangement in place and it's ideally a, a long-term arrangement that's, that's contractually locked in. Now, a big one that that I'm sure many business owners can relate to based on the last 12 months is supplier interruption. What happens if outside of your control, a supplier can't get you the product that you've ordered? So the pandemic's a great example. You just have to look at the new car market. Um, you know, pretty much all the, the car factories across the planet shut for three or four month period. That's caused a massive backlog. Now with the changes in the Australian um you know, rules, there's a high demand, there's low interest rates and some, some great incentives. Uh, so there's a real high demand to get get sort of plant equipment like vehicles and, and other other equipment in. Um, but dealers just can't, they can't get the stock on the shelves to sell. They just cannot supply their product. Uh, similarly, I have a client who, who was in the lounge. He came to me and he's in the lounge suite industry. Um, and it'll be, you know, a long time before as a client of ours, he was telling his story how, um, he had an excellent arrangement with an Indus- Indonesian lounge maker, um, so who would supply him with lounges, amazing quality at low cost, so it delivered really high margin. They're super reliable, really profitable business, and he really ramped up his his, his business came pro- quite profitable, and he ramped up and scaled his business off the back of this. Um, that was fine until there was a major fire in the factory. The stock was lost. And effectively, it, you know, I think it took them about, he said it took about six months to sort of repair and rebuild the factory um, before that supply could be reconnected. So, look, what do you do about it? Again, this just comes down to having ideally alternate suppliers. Also, as part of your a risk analysis, even, you know, in that example, you'd really need to weigh out what would be the cost of holding, say, six months extra stock or, or even three months extra stock um, versus the cost of losing supply for a few months. So you might actually weigh up that, okay, we're better to be overstocked and have the holding costs of that and the interest costs of that um, because at least that is a known cost rather than if if you're going to be completely obliterated by a you know an outage of three to six months where you can't sell anything, it might just be a, a cost of doing business of, of having that backup stock in, in play. Also, you might want to speak to your insurance provider. Now, there's always fine prints with every insurance product. So, but look, look around your business interruption insurance. This could be something you can get covered for um, if, if a supplier can deliver their product. Also, chats with your supplier around do they have a business interruption plan? Uh, particularly, you know, many suppliers might, may have a friendly competitor that has capacity that can help them fill the void. So, just, uh, you know, always you know, having those conversations with your suppliers quite important. Um, another uh, different type of supply here, and this supply of uh, marketing medium. So, you know, this is particularly relevant off off the back of uh, recent news with a few uh, big hitters who've got a lot of resources behind them and were still affected. So, um, are you reliant on third party products to deliver your marketing? So, many businesses now are completely reliant on platforms such as Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, etc. So some of the big hitters I'm talking about, look, you look at our, uh, and look, he's one of my least favourite people and I don't have any sympathy for him at all, but Donald Trump. But Trump had exclusive, almost exclusively 
used Twitter to spread his special brand of, uh, well, lies and deception to his audience. Now, he had a massive following and he used that Twitter profile for immense persuasion to get his message out. Uh, it meant he could kind of bypass the usual forms of media um, that perhaps would challenge him a little more on on some of the the, the sort of uh, untruths that he would tend to spread. But uh, he, he had massive power um, because he had such a high t- Twitter following. For, you know, he, he probably thought he was untouchable. And then, um, you know, a little bit of uh, pressure f- uh, was put on Twitter, quite rightly because of all the, the, the lies he's spreading. Um, and all of a sudden, overnight, Trump got his, his profile permanently cancelled and he was basically voiceless. Um, and it's uh, one of the my greatest joys is imagining the rage in Donald Trump as he's sort of uh, um, spewing uh, how he can't possibly get on and, and uh, spread his message anymore. So um, look, at the time of recording this, there was rumours Trump was going to go and actually start his own um, social media platform, which again, which probably links to, uh, you know, at least that he would be in control of that. Um, uh, similarly, with uh, Rupert Murdoch and News Corp, his business very aligned on Facebook to share his content and attract clicks to his site. Um, um, there's a lot of p- political pressure to ask Facebook to force, to allow, to pay, basically pay news sites, including News Corp, to use their own site. So Facebook overnight, just in particular, well, this is in Australia anyway, shut off all news sharing sites. Um, it was resolved shortly after because, you know, News Corp, had a you know they've got a lot of um political grunt if you like um but the lesson there is look don't just assume you'll always have access to a site that previously was free but what do you do about this um and there's a guy i recommend you check out uh james shramko he's a he's an online guru um but he he talks about uh owning the race course and, and by that uh what, what shramko is talking about is talks about if you're a race horse owner you know, you're dependent on the race course and you might go to the race racetrack and you may win a race, you may lose, but ultimately you're dependent on being allowed to race at that track. Whereas if you're the race course owner, you control it, you own it, and you pretty much always win. So in, in Shramko's analogy, he talks about don't have all your IP and, and value being, you know, you're um, tied up in a third-party provider. So it's not saying don't use Facebook or other modes to to get to you know, your your potential customers and contacts, etc. But always bring them back to something you can control. So whether it's your own site, your own list, or whatever, um, you know, we shouldn't always assume that Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, whatever, will allow us to continue with the status quo because they can disappear overnight, or they could um, overnight change their policies and what you previously was free or, or very cheap. Uh, would be something that they, you get charged for. Um, so, look, there's a few few items there just on supply risk. So, look, some of the takeaways, I um, always like to leave audits with a, a get-to-the-contest takeaway, and that, in this case, would be to conduct a risk review. So go through and look at your business at the various mentioned risk factors and see what's, what applies to your business and make no assumptions that the status quo uh, will Will be in place. Um, look, look at the likelihood of each risk. I know some of these things might seem unlikely, but also look at the size of the damage to your business should something happen. 
that will then lead you to a course of action where you either, you know, uh, take steps to reduce the likelihood of the event happening or you take steps to reduce the damage that would occur um, if, if the event did happen. So, uh, look, and I strongly recommend you do this assessment on an annual basis um, because as your business grows and evolves, so will its risk and so will your supplier's risk um, change and, and evolve as well. So do this on a regular basis just to make sure that, um, you know, your assumptions around your business continuing, uh, that your business does, doesn't fall apart due to something that's beyond your control that happens to a supplier. I hope you've enjoyed uh, today's content and I look forward to you joining me for the next episode of the Get to the Contest Small Business Podcast. Bye for now.